Dangerous pass gets through to Kevin. Johnson in the double. Now perfect time. Good save. Ready rebound. Quick. Can't come up with it. Now Miller's going to get a look. Good close out by Glazer. Bobsey steps in a one. High to high. Bullseye. And Dixon forces it back. Skip pass gets through. Roscoe time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Time Room Bullseye Podcast. I'm Eamon McEnany. In just a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by Patrick Stevens of Lacrosse Magazine and LaxMagazine.com as uh, he's going to clear up the postseason picture for us, talk a little bracketology. Two weeks left to play in the regular season. Conference tournaments starting this weekend, so um, I think the picture's getting a little bit more clear, but I'll leave that up to Patrick, the expert, whether that's accurate or not. But I just want to go over the weekend real quickly, and as usual, you can see my top 20 on my Instagram page, NYC, or on laxmagazine.com, and obviously a shakeup in the top five with Notre Dame losing to North Carolina. And uh, once again, a crazy weekend of lacrosse, and there I am watching North Carolina Notre Dame on my TV Yale-Albany on my computer, both going down to the wire, both, you know, Yale-Albany in overtime, both going back and forth, just tremendous games. And it seems like every weekend I think this to myself, what's it going to be like when this sport truly becomes big time? And, you know, some whippersnapper in a studio in Bristol is taking you back and forth from Chapel Hill to New Haven because if ever there was a year made for that, it was this one. Every weekend, bonus lacrosse, one-goal games, it's... It's the parody, it's the chaos, it's just been great sports drama and great sports theater. And really, if you're not paying attention to it, not just on the weekends, the Tuesday night games as well, it has been a great year, one of the most memorable years of college lacrosse that I can think of in recent memory. And you only hope as a fan and certainly as a commentator that the stretch run and the postseason can keep that going and can live up to that. So with that in mind, I want to bring in Patrick Stevens to talk a little uh, bracketology. So, Patrick, thanks a lot for hopping on here on uh, the Time Room Bullseye podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so we got two weeks left to go. As I mentioned, it's a season filled with chaos. How clear does the postseason picture look right now on April 25th? You know, it, it's funny because you'd asked me this question two weeks ago, and I've had some coaches ask me this question. I, I would just kind of roll my eyes or, you know, try to pull out a little hair or something like that. But, but it's actually cleared up a fair bit. And in some ways, it's it sort of reset to kind of what you would expect. You know, Syracuse uh, rising a little bit with a couple of victories. North Carolina, like you mentioned, getting the victory over Notre Dame. Duke has, has picked up a couple of victories here the last few weeks. Virginia and Marquette to kind of rise above some folks. And so I feel like at this point it, it, it sorted itself out some. Obviously, there's always the possibility of, of complete chaos uh, in these conference tournaments. We don't necessarily see it a whole lot, but it's possible that a Harvard or a Penn could get hot for a weekend in the Ivy League. It, it's possible that maybe Rutgers can catch fire in the Big Ten tournament. We've already seen them beat Hopkins this season. And, and we could go on and on down the list. Right. Uh, Albany could, could possibly lose. Uh, I, I don't see that happening, but it could happen. So, uh, But right now, I, I feel like it's kind of stabilized a little bit. And when I went through the process this morning of trying to sort everything out with the latest data from the NCAA, I, I actually found myself with just kind of one spot left in the field uh, and a bunch of teams that you're staring at for that last spot. Teams like Marquette and Stony Brook and Bucknell and Penn State and Rutgers all kind of right on that edge. So I feel like there, there's a little bit of wiggle room there for that last spot and that, frankly, a lot of the usual suspects are, are probably going to wind up in the field anyway, even though it didn't look that way a, a few weeks back. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, 
I, I sort of agree with you. I was doing it myself, and uh, you know, you sort of plug in the three ACC teams and you know the, the one extra Patriot League team and so forth. And I, I think you're right down to one or two spots. But what's the one team right now that can still go either way? You know, that pendulum. And I, you mentioned Duke, but one team that can go all the way from say a home game to out of the tournament. Is there that one team that's still pretty volatile? I wonder if Navy's that team. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but when you look at them, they've got some good stuff, obviously. Uh, you, you know, they're a team that beat Loyola earlier in the season, but they also lost to Boston U. Uh, I wonder if they could play their way out with a loss in the, on the first day of the tournament. I have them at home right now, uh, the first day of the Patriot League tournament, I should say. Right. So, so that's a team I think that might find itself in that situation. Uh, beyond that, I'm not sure there's you know there's anybody that's really going to damage them. So I mean, Syracuse and North Carolina play, so it's not like either of them is going to take a major hit in that ACC tournament. Uh, I think Loyola is a team that has a shot in the home game if it won the Patriot League mm-hmm. tournament, but it too, a lot like Navy, really would be wise to knock out that that whoever they wind up playing in the Patriot League semifinals. Uh, just to kind of lock themselves in a bit. You mentioned uh, Syracuse and North Carolina sort of settling in. Um, so we're going to be in agreement that all four ACC teams playing on Friday night you think are safely in the tournament. That's safe to say here? Uh, I, I think that they will all ultimately get there barring just an right. incredible amount of chaos anywhere. I, I right. think right now, how about this? North Carolina has more top ten victories than anybody else in the country right. with three. Right. So I, I have a hard time, even with the Massachusetts and Hofstra losses, seeing them out of the field. And frankly, Syracuse top 20 in both the RPI and the strength of schedule. Uh, the Cornell loss doesn't look quite as bad uh, as maybe it did before, uh, after they picked up, after the Big Red picked up a couple more victories before that awful game for them against Brown the other day. Uh, so I feel like we'll see all four of those ACC teams ultimately make the field. All right, let's say Virginia pulls off a shocker and they knock off Brown, who's a top-five win, and they have a win over Johns Hopkins as well. Would that be enough to get the Cavaliers into the field? That's a great question, and Virginia's kind of lurking down there as that variable that you just you just don't know what to make of them. Uh, you mentioned the Hopkins victory, uh, but that's the only victory right. they have right now against a top-20 team. They're one and five against the top-20 but a great RP, uh, great strength of schedule. The RPI is at 25, so a victory over Brown certainly will help them leap up a little bit. I think it puts them in the picture, especially when you're looking at teams like Marquette, which very easily uh, could lose twice more since they played Denver uh, on the road here this week, and then probably would see Denver again, possibly in the Big East final. You got a Stony Brook that has that ugly loss to Marist. You got Bucknell with that ugly loss to Colgate. Uh, you have Penn State that has a Denver victory and not a lot else to hang its hat on. And you got Rutgers, which has, has really impressed me a lot mm-hmm. this year, but they just don't have a great strength of schedule. So I think Virginia would very much be right in that edge-of-the-field mix, uh, but they would be rooting for the Albanys of the world and the Navies and Loyolas of the world to just keep on winning uh, just so that they couldn't get squeezed out of the field by a bit thief. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. Uh, again, that would be something if they could pull off that win over Brown the way those two teams have been playing in opposite directions lately. You know, you mentioned uh, Marquette, and i got to be honest, maybe I should just take more time studying it, but I, I get kind of confused when these RPIs come out. And, you know, I love Joe Amplo's club. I watched their game against Notre Dame, and I know they you know, really took it to Villanova, who also has a high RPI. It, these high RPIs, is that just sort of a product of not playing anyone really, really bad? How, how do you explain a team like Marquette and Villanova 
you know, without really those, you know, eye-popping top 10 wins, having such high RPIs week in and week out? You pretty much touched on a lot of it right there. If you don't play anybody terrible or you minimize the number of bad teams you play, you're really putting yourself in a good in good shape with a formula that, that can easily be gamed uh, and a formula that, quite honestly, is not designed uh, to, 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 to deal with a 15-game season. You know, it, it's the same formula that's used in basketball, and, and you hear complaints about the RPI in basketball when you have a 30- or 35-game season. Uh, in lacrosse with 15 games, it just isn't enough, but it is the NCAA's tool. You look at Villanova. Uh, right now, they've only played three teams in the bottom half nationally, right. Georgetown, Delaware, and St. John's. You look at Marquette uh, and the teams that they've played, they, they've done something a little bit similar there. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little more egregious with Robert Morris, Georgetown, Bellarmine, St. John's, Detroit. Uh, I'm a little, uh, you know, I think some of it's a function, too, obviously, that, that your own winning percentage plays a role in this as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think Villanova, uh, really one of the more interesting elements of the committee's top ten reveal this weekend was, was that Villanova wasn't in the top ten, even though their RPI and strength of schedule in the past might have suggested they could have been in position uh, to get a home game at that point. And so I thought that was the biggest takeaway from that, that, that this particular committee might not necessarily be uh, as fooled or as enamored uh, with uh, with a team that has those sorts of numbers once they dig a little bit deeper into it. And uh, I think that that doesn't bode particularly well for Villanova's chances of getting a home game. And I do think it, it places Marquette in a little bit of danger here right. uh, in terms of its own at-large viability. All right, now you touched on these two programs a little bit earlier, and they played a tremendous game Friday night, Rutgers and Penn State. I mean, it was sort of a play-in game, and you could feel that intensity I was overlooking I was looking over Rutgers schedule and you know to your point the games that don't even I don't even look at you know I don't want to single out any programs and you know insult anyone but you know sort of those throwaway games are really hurting Rutgers because in the big boy games you know they have a win over Army you mentioned the win over Johns Hopkins you know the Princeton loss you know it's not a normal Princeton team this year I get that but you know I was kind of impressed by their resume and then you look at Penn State that still has that massive chip that very few teams have but the committee doesn't care about one-goal losses either. I, I think those are two, as we get closer and closer to the Big Ten tournament, two very intriguing teams. Uh, what do you think of those two teams' chances as of now? Yeah, I, I see Penn State right on the edge just because of that Denver game. I mean, it's the, it's the game that kind of keeps them in the conversation. They'd be really helped with it, too, if, if Harvard could work its way into right. the top 20. Uh, and Harvard, obviously, just a little bit on the outside right now, but another team that's played a great schedule. Uh, you know, I, I look at Penn State and, and, and certainly seen them on TV a couple times with those Sunday night games, and they look like they're right there. But, but like you say, uh, you, you're only going to get so much credit for those one-goal losses. And Rutgers, I, I had the chance to see them in Maryland, uh, and even though uh, they didn't, they, they lost that game by three. I was I was really impressed with just kind of the way they went about their business. Uh, and, and it's such a vastly improved team. And you understand why Brian Brecht scheduled the way he did. I mean, it's right. a team that, that it, it's, it's been a while since they had a winning season and all, but, man, uh, you're right. That that schedule is really going to hurt them in the committee room, I think. They're, they're a team that's going to have to do some damage uh, once they get into the Big Ten tournament. And, and the beauty of, quote-unquote, parity or chaos, they have a game this week on uh, – Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it's on the road. No, it's definitely on the road in Columbus, and that's no gimme. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's you know you talk about these Sunday night games. That, 
I think that's a playoff game for Rutgers. I think if they lose one, that one, you know, outside of, of course, getting into the Big Ten tournament and running the table and shocking the world there, that, that's an elimination game for them. Uh, and that's, so that's going to be uh, uh, fun to watch. Uh, let's just rattle off some conferences here because I know, you know, back to those sneaky schedules, Penn has it down to a science as well. Uh, right now, if this were selection Sunday, so to speak, would Penn be out or in? Do they have enough of a schedule to get in it at large? Well, they, they, you know, it's funny, the, the, the damage that you do with your schedule, it kind of pops up over the course of the season, for better or for worse. Right. Uh, last week, uh, Penn played UNBC and Dartmouth, won both games, dropped six spots in the RPI, the strength of schedule takes a hit, and suddenly they're not quite as good-looking uh, as an at-large profile as they were previously. I think Penn's a team that obviously needs to handle St. Joseph's this week. Uh, and then do some damage in the Ivy League tournament. I, I don't think that the victories over Penn State and Harvard right now are quite enough to, to haul them into the field. Right. And if the Patriot League goes status quo, there are two. That's a two bid league. I believe so. Right. I believe if you see both Navy and Loyola win on Friday against whoever ultimately comes out of those quarterfinal games. I think both of those teams you'll see in the field uh, come selection Sunday. All right, so I have two from the Patriot League, three from the ACC to fill up eight spots, right? One Ivy, who doesn't win it, you know, whether Brown or Yale. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm at six. One extra from the Big Ten, Hopkins or Maryland, whoever doesn't win the title. So now I can uh, p- bear with me with my math. So that's at seven. If I have that right, I think you might. I think you might have counted. Um, I think you might have counted two from the Patriots. Right, right. So, one. so I'm down to six. Uh, you want to throw one Big East team in there, either Villanova. So I got two spots left. I, I, I have, I have at the moment both Villanova and Marquette, but I think ultimately you'll see one of those two ultimately right. make it because they're going to. I mean, you know, it's funny you talk about Penn hurting its strength of schedule with wins. Marquette here is helping it with losses. I mean, you play Notre Dame, Duke. Denver, your RPI is probably mm-hmm. going to go up, but you might be 0-3 in those games. All right, so all right, so you got Villanova slash Marquette. Well, you got them both in. So I guess those are your two last teams in, Villanova and Marquette? At, at the moment, right. yeah, but like I said, I, I think I think that last spot could be any number of teams, and the chances are pretty good, I think, that you'll see the Villanova-Marquette-Vicky semifinal that really is a playout or maybe even play-in game, depending on how you want to look at it. I think that might be one of the more interesting games of the final week of the season. And then who are your two teams that are sitting outside the fence looking to play their way in? I guess we talked about them in the Big Ten, I'm guessing, but you tell me. That is absolutely who the the first two teams I have just on the outside of the field, Penn State and Rutgers. And I would say Harvard and Penn would be two teams to keep keep an eye on as well uh, as as they head into the Ivy League tournament. I, I think those are the four teams that really have the most that they can gain on their own uh, simply by winning one game in their conference tournament, let alone two, obviously, which would clearly do the job. You know, you bring up Harvard, and I think, you know, and I know the changes every year, but I always go back to 2010 when Notre Dame was in the field and they had a horrible collapse in the middle of the season. Everyone's like, how did Notre Dame get in? Because they built up such a profile or resume earlier that year with wins over Duke and Loyola that they they fed off them all year long. And now you look at Harvard with some early season wins over Villanova and Duke. You know, let's just say Villanova gets on a run here and Duke gets on a run here and Harvard, like you said, can win one game. That's a completely different profile come Selection Sunday than the one we're looking at right now. It absolutely is. And they're another team uh, that did a great job with their schedule. They played Dartmouth and Holy Cross, and those are the only two teams in the bottom half of the of the RPI uh, that they face. They have one dubious loss. They lost by a goal to Boston U. Right. Uh, but it's a team with a great schedule that's done good work. 
you, you look at that game against Duke. It's a neutral site game, you're, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, how is the team going to fare in a tournament setting that's going to be played largely on neutral fields? And, 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 and for their, in their case, almost certainly a road game in the first round. Uh, I think that bodes well for them, but they obviously have to do some work Gale uh, this weekend and, and then at least do something in the Ivy League tournament as well. All right, well, I got it all down, and then we'll throw it all out the window come Friday night at around 10.30 in Atlanta when uh, all these teams start uh, playing each other again. But, uh, Patrick Stevens, I really enjoyed the time and uh, trying to clear up this picture. And, you know, it's kind of funny. Here we are talking about parity and chaos for the whole season, and now I guess we got it down to one spot left. But uh, thanks a lot for the time, and it uh, should be a great last two weeks of the season. Well, thank you so much again for having me. All right, we'll see you down the road. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Time Room Bullseye Podcast. But remember, coming up this weekend on ESPNU, another loaded menu for you of lacrosse. Friday night we have the ACC Semis. It starts with Carolina and Syracuse at 6 p.m. That'll be followed by Notre Dame and Duke. And then Saturday afternoon it's Maryland against Johns Hopkins. Then on Sunday, it's the ACC title game. So clear out the schedule. I just gave it to you. Plenty of lacrosse to catch on the tube this weekend on ESPNU. But that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening to the Time Room Bullseye Podcast. I'm Eamon McEnany. And until Friday night at 6 p.m., remember, Time Room Bullseye.